Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, sci-fi, isekai antics, misery-devouring demons, a morally great protagonist who fails unintentionally, and manga news. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. Episode 525. Hello and welcome to an episode of the Spark and Manga Review. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Hope you're excited for another fun-filled episode of this awesome podcast that you can find at www.spirekin.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, and various social media sites. Just remember to hit that subscribe button and hit that bell for notification. And with that in mind, let's actually get to it, because if you remember from that last episode, I spun that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga, and it dictated on to be there reviewing a very cool manga, a unique manga, one which is pretty different. Let's get to it, shall we? So the manga that we're talking about this week was actually written by someone pretty famous. We're talking about Yomu... Nadashima. This is the creator of Trapped in an Isekai. Yes, uh, that fun manga about a guy who's trapped in a dating sim. Same author. Uh, this was illustrated, though, by Kai Nadashima. Kind of similar name. I think they're related. Not entirely sure, but I digress. This is published by Overlap and Seven Seas Entertainment, and its original run was 2021 to present. There is a light novel version of this, which came out in 99 or sorry 2019 and uh, was released in comic gardo magazine there are five volumes and this is shonen series that is an izakai comedy sci-fi action series and the original name of this manga was oru aku orewa seken koku no akutosu ryosu or as it is known in english as i am the evil overlord of an intergalactic empire and this is a pretty unique manga that's a little bit different. The Isekai is different because it is a sci-fi Isekai. And so far we haven't had really great luck with sci-fi Isekais. I mean, we did have Trapped in a Dating Sim, which is a guilty pleasure of mine. But we also had Reborn as his first mercenary. I now pilot the most dangerous ship, which is a horrible piece of trash. This one's a little bit different and it's a little more unique because it is the story of a young man who's got some problems because in his former life, his life really, really sucked. He just can't take a break. He was a morally responsible person who everything went horribly wrong. Turns out that his wife, who he was in love with and he gave him a child, was cheating on him. She broke up with him afterwards saying, this isn't your son, you're going to pay child support because I don't love you anymore. And his boss has betrayed him horribly and his made him the victim or not the victim the patsy for a embezzling scheme so he's going to be going to jail he has no money no prospects life is going horrible and he's ill and sick he's got no money whatsoever whatever will he do well as he's there a mysterious figure shows up and says listen i'm able to help you out i'm your guide i'm the one who's going to make your life wonderful and amazing and beautiful what he's going to do is he's going to send him to another world because he's there to help him out and he has a bunch of brochures for all the different worlds that he could send him to, including one which is a bunch of floating islands in the sky. Kind of familiar, isn't it? <laughs> it's uh, essentially trapped in a dating sim. But he shows him just to kind of sell it. He shows his ex-wife talking to her current boyfriend, who's the actual father of his child, saying, he's useless. He's just going to pay for the things, and I just want the best genes possible. You're the man for me. Thank you so much, and now we're going to live a happy and wonderful life together. Which drives our main character to be super depressed. He is sad and he's got nothing going for him. So what is he going to do with this problem? Well, turns out that the guide is going to send him to a world that will make him happy and awesome. 
It's going to be an interstellar world where there is magic and sci-fi. Where nobles around. And I'm just to make your life easier, I'm going to make you a noble. So you're going to have money, you're going to have wealth, you're going to have prestige. However, our main character is like, I don't want wealth. I don't want prestige. I want revenge. And you know what? I was the good guy the entire time. I was a good person. This isn't fair. So you know what? Fuck being the good guy. I'm going to be the bad guy. I'm going to be rich and powerful and people are going to respect me and fear me. And that's my goal. And meanwhile, the guy isn't paying attention. He's like, sure, no problem. This is what's going to happen. You're going to have a great, wonderful life and it'll be all beautiful. Just sign the dotted line. However, that's not the entire truth because the guide is a being that loves misery. He absorbs misery. He manipulates people to feed on this negative emotion and he is responsible for everything that has gone wrong in our main character's life. So he's going to be like, okay, you can take this and it's going to be great. You're going to have a wonderful life, supposedly, but things are going to go horribly wrong and then when you're miserable and want to die, I will eat your misery, like almost a beautiful misery souffle. I'm going to start off with using your misery to make a loneliness uh, soup. Then we're going to have a rage steak and a hatred salad and end it off with a sadness dessert. It'll be all so tasty for me itself. And that's what he plans to do. There's only one tiny little problem. See, after he sent him into the future, into this alternate world, something was there to protect our main character. A small figure that looks like a dog. More on him in a moment. So what happens is that our main character is reborn as Liam Sarah Benfield. A young man who is rich, powerful, and he is the five-year-old son of an heir uh, barony. And he's going to become the baron and lord of this small town in the small planet in the galaxy empire. And he's going to do the best he can. His parents say, listen, it's your five-year your birthday so we're going to give you the planet as a gift we're going to move to the empire's home city and you're in charge we just need you to sign these three forms and you'll be good to go turns out that he thinks this is a great deal because he's going to swindle all of his money from his parents and life will be good the truth is that they're actually going to put all their debt upon him abscond and then they're going to live off whatever money he makes and and when he has no money left they're going to be safe and secure only problem is our main character gets a brilliant idea and he's going to push himself to be the best he can be. And how's he going to do that? Well, first off, he gets a female robot maid who's going to help him out. Who's going to be super loyal to him and be his advisor, essentially. One problem, this world, robot maids and all robots are considered... They can't have actual positions of power because of a robot uprising that happened years ago. Sounds kind of familiar like Dune, but not really. So it is Liam, his robot... Maid, who is his best friend, Amagi, who's like a mother figure and also someone that he gropes. It's an Izakai. We'll go to it. And then his loyal butler, Brian, who has served House Benfield since Liam's great-grandfather was a ruler. And he's a very loyal guy who cries, who wants the house to be amazing. And he sees that as Liam grows up, Liam will become the new future lord who everyone expects him to be. And that's what's going to happen in this story. Liam is going to better himself and be the best he can be while having the support that he has needed and wanted through Amagi and Brian as he betters himself. And the guide who's obsessed with making things bad is outdoored constantly because Liam is lucky. And more importantly than that, what Liam does in his mind is evil and crazy 
but for everybody else, it's benevolent. He tears down the old Banfield house because it is ugly to make it a nice, more sinister-looking one in his mind, but it looks respectable, and people respect him. He says, you know what? We're going to get rid of only 20% of our military forces work. We're going to get rid of the other 70% or 80%, so that way we save money. And you know what? In truth, it's going to get people out of jobs. It'll be great in an ultimate army. It's like, no, you're increasing our defenses. You're actually doing good. You're moving forward. And then later on, he even gets a sword trainer who, surprisingly, the guide sets him up with, who is a con artist. He's like, oh, he's supposed to be a ninja master, but he's actually, in reality, just a con artist who's going to say he's going to teach Liam this amazing skill. But Liam actually learns the amazing skill. And then the teacher, Yasushi, is like, I, I, oh, God, this guy, when he finds out that I'm a fraud, he's going to kill me. And it's kind of the joke is that he's, Doing these things which are making things better. And there are moments when things do go wrong, but it works in his favor. But it's not he's ultimate and powerful. It's He starts off with no skills whatsoever. He's just kind of bottom of the barrel. And the other part is in this world, people live for 500 years. So by the time the series really starts off, he's 50 years old. He looks like a teenager. And the only person he cares about is Amagi and Brian. Everyone else can just, he wants to quote-unquote, torture and suffer, and even though he doesn't realize he's helping them, he is helping them. And that's what this series is about. And it is very fan y with him and Amagi, but more does go on as the series goes on. And we get a little bit of sci-fi elements to this with um, space battles where it goes ridiculously crazy. Um, he's given an old robot that his teacher says... If you're able to move this without any special abilities, then you will be the greatest swordsman possible, thinking, you know what, this kid's never going to be able to move this robot. It'll take him years to master it, and now I can mooch off him forever. Problem is, the kid, with no autopilot, with no extra motivators, is able to move this robot so it's an extension of his body, showing himself, and he becomes a real threat to the rest of the Empire, who ends up seeing this person, uh, Lord Banfield, as an actual asset, eventually. Uh, there's even a moment when the guide says, you know what, I'll make things worse. I'm going to use my powers to switch some documents around so your country seems like you're the poor country and they're going to treat you like garbage. Meanwhile, this horrible country is going to be treated like your country because you've been establishing as a major knight who's fought pirates. And they're going to do great and you're going to do horrible. The only thing is that by him doing this, he ends up meeting better people and making better connections with them as opposed to the person who got his spot who is a lazy bastard and then after and who's horrible and has gambling debts and really is uncouth but the twist is at the end of the whole story you have he actually comes out on top he the his group comes up they said oh we have to i see the flight flag for lord williams so lord williams come down and they say where's lord liam wait what are you talking about this is for Lord William, right? He's like, no, this is uh, the flag for the Banfields. That's our empire. And he's like, oh, shit, I mixed up. Um, uh, uh, crap. And then they try to fix things, but Liam thinks it was all a test to make his life better. He's trying to be optimistic in a weird way, and it works out dramatically well. And always we have that little dog showing up, just kind of smiling and making things better for Liam. And the reason why is this dog uh, was a pet that he owned who passed away before Liam's death. 
And there's an old urban legend of a pet coming back on the day of someone's death to escort that person into the afterlife. The problem was he thinks that the guide is the dog spirit. Meanwhile, the real dog spirit is following him and helping him out and kind of playing this game of chess between him and the guide. And it's making things worse because like every time the guide is thanked by Liam, it's like stabbing him in the back. So it's he's weaponizing this very sweet feelings he has. So it's pretty good. And I got to say, it is a lot of fun. Uh, the artwork is really nice in this, by the way. Some of the space battles are really cool. And just seeing Liam in general is crazy. But let's actually talk about the series in general, shall we? Um, so what did I think about this series? Um, well, it is a harem-esque series without being a harem. You have the big-tittied maid who is there for a little bit, but she really doesn't do much besides that. You have our main character who seems to be getting better and better, but he, and but he actually earns his betterment. He actually does do the best he can to be as well as he can be. He's not given everything. He has to earn it. At one point, he has to learn how to do business, and how they do that is they put him in a computer simulation for 10 years. So he has to give up 10 years of his life. He has to earn his place. He studies under Yasui for 15 years to become as good as he is where he learns the power of the Flash and all these weird abilities that Yasui makes up. He earns this. It's not given to him. And that's something I really do like about this. He's, it's very similar to Trapped in a Dating Sim where it's, he doesn't think he's the hero, but he is the hero. And that's one of the better elements about this story is that he is not someone who is, I'm the best, I'm the hero, everyone will love me, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. That's not it at all. It's, he has to become the man he is by through hardship, but he learns about it. And he already started out with hardship. And it's funny because he thinks he's going to be the evil big bad, this evil, horrible person who's going to destroy the world and do evil things. But when you look at it, he's doing good things. And he's created an empire where everyone is doing well. And he's making tons of money hand over fist. One thing is, like, everyone's like, oh, are you going to take this? This? He's like, he's obsessed with gold, which in our world is very productive. Gold is a sign of status. In the other world, gold is not a sign of status. Gold is used for, well, let's be honest. It is used for conductors. It's super common. So the fact that he's taking this cheap stuff and just ignoring the metal is like, he's being miserly, but being, and he's just keeping the other stuff. And the treasury, so he's amassing a bunch of wealth, but he doesn't care about them. The thing he cares about is gold, which means like he's dressing like a bum, but he's super wealthy. And I do like that element to it. Now, what are some of the issues I do have with the series? One, the whole groping thing does get old. Uh, you have a couple of other characters who do show up who are a little weird, including one girl who works for the seventh uh, mechanics planet. She's essentially a saleswoman who wants to sell him the latest tech possible, and usually it's horribly broken. But then because of some input he makes, he makes huge sales, which is going to make her have more money. Uh, she's also big-tittied, and whenever she shows up, she dresses more and more provocatively. It's kind of the running joke of the series. Gets old quick. Um, you do have a high school arc for, like, th three chapters later on, but for the most part, it is a series about someone wanting to become an evil emperor but failing miserably. The joke is fun. It's really good. There are some issues with it. The actual volume's not bad. The art style is generic, but I do like the battle sequences. 
I love the mech design in this. It's not entirely CG'd, but it could be a little bit better. It is just generic though. Now for those reasons entirely, I have to give this series our second highest rating actually, which is going to be Borrow from a Friend and Don't Return Unless Offered Pocky. It's really good. It's just a little bit... At first, it's a little by the numbers for art style, and the tropes are there. But the premise is solid, and it hits really well. I like the fact that it's not Truck Coon, that is actually a demon who causes the Izakai, and I love the fact that the machinations of this villain fails miserably. It fails so bad, and you just have to laugh at it when it goes wrong. Because he's like, oh, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. And it's like, nope, it's just going to fail in your face. And that's what it is. Um, so if you agree or disagree, you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N Inspirekin.com, or tweet me at Spirekin. Let me know your thoughts on if you agree, if you like this, if you haven't liked this, or if there's something you're going to read. Just let me know. You can email me personally there. And with that in mind, let's actually get to the question of the week. And this one's kind of fun and a little different. Let's get to it. The question of the week is going to be, what other sci-fi Isekai series can you name besides the three that I've mentioned? Which sci-fi Isekai's could you name besides I'm the Evil Overlord, Trapped in a Dating Sim, uh, and Reborn as a Space Pirate? What other series can you name and recommend? That's pretty cool. Let me know. And so with that in mind, let's actually get to the fun thing which everyone enjoys and loves. And what are we talking about? We are talking about the manga releases for the week, and we've got a ton of them this week. It's a little bit high, a little bit rough, but let's get to it, shall we? So, starting off from the top, we've got Oishino Koi, Volume 3. This one I was a little bit surprised we got it so quickly, but it's a great series that has been a lot of fun so far. Next, we have 2.5 Dimensional Seduction, Volume 7. A Business Proposal, Volume 2. A Certain Magical Index, Volume 27. Excel World, Volume 26, The Light Novel. After We Gazed at the Starry Sky. Associate Professor Akira Takasutsi's Conjecture, Volume 1, the manga. Bake Monogatari, Volume 19. Blood on the Track, Volume 14. Bride of the Barrier Master, Volume 2. Cat-Eyed Boy, The Perfect Edition, Volume 1. Yes, Cat-Eyed Boy has been released. This is the one by Umezu, which is really dark. We have Cherry Magic, 30 Years of Virginia Can Make You a Wizard, Volume 8. Classroom of the Elite, Volume 7. Colorless, Volume 5. Combatants Will Be Dispatched, Volume 7, The Light Novel. Creature Girls, A Hands-On Field Guide in Another World, Volume 8. Cross-Dressing Villainous, Cecilia Sylvie, Volume 5, The Light Novel. Cuckoo 3. Dance in the Vampire Bund, Age of Scarlet Order, Volume 9. Yes, Dance in the Vampire Bund is still coming out. Can you believe it? Yeah, neither can I. Anyway. Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatori, the manga box set 2. This is the second one that has been released, and it looks pretty good for what it is. But we'll get to that in a moment. Doomsday with My Dog, Volume 3. Durarara, Re-Dollars Arc, Volume 8, the manga. Go, go, loser, ranger, volume six. This one focuses on the pink ranger and her really creepy obsession with her brother. Comes to a head. Anyway, go on. We have Hollow Regalia, volume two, the light novel. 
Honey Lemon Soda, the manga. I Don't Know Which Is Love, Volume 1. I Don't Get a Happy Ending, the manga. I Got a Cheat Skill in Another World that became Unrivaled in the Real World 2, Volume 3, the light novel. I'm a behemoth, an S-ranked monster, but mistaken for a cat. I Live as a Elf Girl's Pet, Volume 7. I'm Quitting Heroing, Volume 3. I'm the Villainous, so I'm Taming the Final Boss, Volume 6, the light novel. In the Land of Ledley, Volume 4. Interspecies Reviewers, Volume 8. Yes, it has finally been released. Is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon on the side? Sword Oratory, Volume 20, the manga. I've been killing slimes for 300 years and maxed out my level spinoff, The Red Dragon Academy for Girls, Volume 1, the manga. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Part 5, Golden Wind, Volume 9. We're getting to the end of Golden Wind. Soon we'll get to Stone Ocean, which is what I'm waiting for. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Kunan, the Sorcerer, could see through, volu- through Volume 1. I know it's a weird title. Kunan, the Sorcerer, could see through. Uh, anyway, Land of the Lustrous, Volume 12. Let This Grieving Soul Retire, Volume 6. Liar, Liar, Volume 1. Loner Life in Another World, Volume 6. Magical Artist Dahlia Wilts No More, the manga, Volume 5. Moroku Chan, the anthology comic. This one's kind of cool because it's an anthology of what has been going on with Moroku Chan in a while. And it actually looks really good. It's a small series. But anyway, the next one Mon Tabu. Volume 4. This is Mon's Taboo. It's kind of a romance series with monsters and humans. Don't get there. Anyway, digress. My Next Life is a Villainous. All Routes Lead to Doom. The Manga, Volume 8. My Stepmother and Stepsisters Aren't Wicked, Volume 2. This one looks interesting because it is a story about Cinderella. If Cinderella's stepmother and stepsisters were the nicest people possible who pampered her completely like a pet. Uh, I've read the first volume... uh, and it's super cute and strange. It really is. But anyway, digress. The next we have Not So Wicked Step Bomb, Volume 1. Same story, but different title. Other Side Picnic, Volume 6. Pandora 7, Volume 2. Parasite, the Full Color Collection, Volume 3. This is Volumes 3, uh, was it 4, 5, and 6, I believe, of the series. Anyway, I digress. Next is Ragnar Crimson, Volume 10. Reign of... The Seven Spell Blades, Volume 6, the manga. And then we have Rent-A-Girlfriend, Volume 20. Sasuke and Miyano, Second Year's Volume 2. Sentenced to be a Hero, the, um, p- the Penal File of Prisoner Number 4286, Volume 1, the light novel. We have Slash Maidens, Volume 8. Solo Leveling, Volume 7. Something's Wrong With Us, Volume 16. Sorry for My Familiar, Volume 11. Spice and Wolf, Volume 24, The Light Novel. Yes, the series is still going on. At first I was like, wait a minute. There's only 17 volumes of Spice Wolf. That's where the series end. No, these are all side stories. And this is what happens after they get married. This is before Spice and Parchment. Uh, When I found this out, I have been excited to go back and get all the old Spice and Wolves. It's a great series, which... Eventually, one day, I will go through and talk about. But we'll get to that a bit. Spy Classroom, Volume 6, The Light Novel. Uh, 
Studio apartment, good lighting, angel include volume three. Sunbeams in my in the sky, volume two. Sword Art Online, volume 27, the light novel. Tales of Wedding Rings, volume 12. This series I'm still shocked is still out there. I reviewed the first one six years ago, and I didn't think this was going to go on as long as it is, but it, it's still here. Anyway, I digress. That time I got reincarnated as a slime, volume 16 of the light novel. The Art of Demon Slayer, Kenichi no Yaiba, the anime. This one is specifically for the anime. It's not for the manga. It has all the art from the first three arcs. Then we have the Asterix War, volume 17, light novel. The Demon Sword Master of Excalibur Academy, volume 3. The Detective is Already Dead, volume 6. The Ideal Sponger's Life, volume 14. The Illustrated Guide to Monster Girls, volume 1. The Magical Revolution of the Reincarnated Princess and the Genius Young Lady, volume 5. The Maid I Hired Recently is Mysterious. The most heretical last boss queen from Villainous to Savior, the light novel, volume four. The Princess of Convention plot devices, volume three, or convenient plot device, volume three. Then after that, we have the saga of Tanya the Evil, volume 20. Yes, Tanya is back again, but it's going to be all good. And I'm actually really excited to see where it goes with that. Then we have the Witch's Marriage, volume one. Toge Oni, Primal Gods in Ancient Times, Volume 1. This one looks kind of intriguing. Um, anyway, Trinity 7, Volume 28. Subaki Cho, Lonely Planet, Volume 4. Villains Are Destined to Die, Volume 4. What the World is Made of, Volume 2. Watakoi, Love is Hard for Otaku, the official artworks, the official art book in English. Yokohama Station SF, Volume 2, the manga. Your Forma, Volume 4, and Yao Mushi Petal, Volume 23. But we're not done yet. That was from last week. Let's get to this week's. Very easy. We got Blue Lock, Volume 8. Does it count if you lose your virginity to an Android, Volume 20, Volume 2? Don't Call It Mystery, The Omnibus, Volumes 3 and 4. Eden Zero, Volume 24. Common Writer, Kuga, Volume 4. Monsume, or Monster Musume, Volume 17. My Unique Skill Makes Me... OP Even at Level 1, Volume 3, the manga. Or, sorry, the light novel. Nichijou, Volume 11. Real Accounts, Volume 23 to 24. Saving 80,000 Gold in Another World for My Retirement, Volume 2, the manga. Shangri-La Frontier, Volume 7. Sinnoh Alice, Volume 4. The Princess Knight is the new princess-to-be, Volume 1. The Valiant Must Fall, Volume 2. This is screwed up, but I was reincarnated as a girl in another world, volume 8. And then last, certainly not least, at number 103 of all the mangas released this week, we have World's End Harem, volume 15, Afterworlds. So these are the mangas that were released this week and last week. There were tons of them that came out, like I said, 105, actually. And I was counting 103 because I didn't count the two art books. But yeah, 105 titles total. And I went through all of them, and let me tell you what my top five are going to be. My top five for this week are going to be Don't Call It Mystery Volume 2, because this series is unique with a character who is a criminal and a detective. Kind of different. You have Sentence to Be a Hero, Volume 1. This story is intriguing because it's about someone who is a prisoner who, if you do bad, you get sentenced to go to the dungeon and be a hero and save the day. Even though when you die, you just get reborn and have to do it all over again. Be respawned over and over till the end of time. 
I think this could get really dark or really fun. Then we have Spice and Wolf 24, which I kind of explained what's going on with that because I'm a geeky nerd. Then after that, we had the Night Captain is the new princess to be. This is one where it's essentially an Oscar de Jar gets engaged to the prince instead of the princess. And then last, Wadakoi Love is hard for otakus. The artwork's just because Wadakoi is such a great series. And I want to see the artwork. It looks spectacular. The actual title looks great. But those are the ones that I'm excited about. Let me know which ones you are excited about because so much has been going on and there's been so many unique series. But you can email me at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spyrokin.com or tweet me at Spyrokin. Let me know your thoughts on which ones you think are the best, worst, or the the mangas that you want to read the most. And so... With that in mind, before we go any further, I'd like to thank each and every one of you who are watching or listening to this podcast. I appreciate all of you. You're all awesome. Every email I get, every comment I get, and I receive gives me more motivation to keep doing this podcast. And I'm going to keep doing this until an old man who has to read manga with thick glasses and a very, very big magnifying glass and read large print manga. So thank you so much. But if you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, share, subscribe. Definitely. You can do it at our website, www.spirekin.com, or go to youtube.com forward slash at Spirekin. And remember to hit the bell for notification to hear when we have new episodes. And more importantly, if you enjoy what you hear and you want to support us, create more fun content for you to enjoy, check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Spirekin. We have four tiers with tons of different items which you can choose from. And there's lots of really cool stuff going on. Uh, right now, Greta and I are working on a couple of content which are going to be uploaded that are going to be a blast, including some series that I never thought I would ever watch, but you definitely have to check that out. And so, I think that's it. So with that in mind, thank you all so much. I appreciate each and every one of you. And now let's get to the part that you all have been waiting for, the most popular part of this podcast. And as I love saying it, let's do it. Because it's time for that one, that only, the Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on. What it does is send a manga tile to each of the 10 slots. What we're going to do is we're spin the wheel. Whatever number it lands on, the manga that's in that spot is the one I'm going to review in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review. And I got to admit, I am super excited to see what we're going to review next time. So let's spin C, shall we? And it goes around and around and around and around and around. But let's see what we're going to review, shall we? We're going to be reviewing number two, Under Ninja. The story of ninjas in the real world as they do crazy stuff. Released by Denpa again. Another Denpa title. It's really weird. Also, is it just me or did I land on two last time? If it does it again, I may have to oil the wheel again. But digress. So... I think that's it for this episode. As usual, I'm your host, Zan. I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time. And keep reading on. See you later.